Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Isaiah chapter number 42, verses 4 and 8. I'm, it's warm in here. Is anybody else warm? It's warm? <clears throat> so, help me, Jimmy. Help me. Help me. Dean, I'm sorry. You're the only one in here that's comfortable, and we're about to mess it up for you. <clears throat> so, uh, well, we don't want to get it real hot, but when you're on the stage, I, I noticed Chris, he was starting to get a little uh, warm there, I could tell. And, uh, we, you can't make everybody happy, but we won't make one or two. So there we go. Isaiah 42, verses 8 and 9. If you found that, shout amen for me. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass. I've got to read that again. Behold, the former things are come to pass. And new things, that's what I'm preaching on this morning. And new things do I declare before thy spring, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Father, I love you. Thank you for the day and the place and the time, the sweet spirit. God began at home before we left the house. You met with us in the prayer room in the Sunday school. Now in the worship hour, Lord, you're here my God is in your very presence. Again, I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of this holy writ. I pray you'd feed each one that's come this way. I know my inabilities, God. I know who I am and what I am. But I know my God. I know my God. Lord, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Help me today, Lord. Save some lost soul today, God, and set the saint of God, God on fire afresh and anew for your glory. I pray and ask it today in the King's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Isaiah here in chapter 42, we'll see two things within, contained within this chapter. We'll see Christ as the servant, and then we'll see Israel chastened. We'll see them, well, we'll see them first chosen, then we'll see them sinning, then we'll see them chastened, then we'll see them restored. I'm glad that God will do that for whosoever will. I'll never be convinced of limited atonement. I believe if you'll have a broken heart and a contrite spirit and come to God that he'll save us such that gets in that condition. Hey, look here. Pride is a bad thing in the lives of men and women. I'm glad for when God broke me like a little boy. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost whipped the time out of me. And I wept and cried and begged God for forgiveness and help and strength. And here he's put us, praise God, on the right path today. I hope you're on the right path. There's two things that I'm... That I'm, one, the new things this morning I'm interested in, but I want us to look in verses 8 and 9, and here's what I see in this. First I see, in verse number 8, I see the position of God. He said, I am the Lord. That means Jehovah. When you see that in the Old Testament, it's speaking of Jehovah. It means the self-existent one. 
He didn't ask anyone, say, where did he come from? He's just God. He can do anything, anytime, any place with any person that he wants to do. There's never been anybody like him. He said, I am God and there is none other. I'm God and I change not. He is God Jehovah, the Lord, and there is none like him. I'm going to tell you, sinner friend, if you're not on his side this morning, the best thing you could do is call upon the name of the Lord. Let him hide you in the cleft of that rock and be prepared for the day that death comes and knocks on your door. We see the position of God. No one can change that. The Republicans can't change it. The Democrats can't change it. King Charles can't change it. Osama couldn't change him. Listen, you can't change him. He's God and you can't do anything about it. And he's not, listen, he's not going to bend or bow to anything or anyone at any time. The position of God shall never change. Never, never. You are born, you say, well, I don't know why he put me here. I can tell you why. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For all things were created by you and for you. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. That's why you're here. For the very pleasure of God. Are you pleasing him this morning? Are you trying to please the Lord? We see the position of God. But then in verse number 9. We see the proof of prophecy. Here's what he said. Let me get my glasses on. Behold, the former things are come to pass. I'm going to stop right there just a moment. The former things are come to pass. Now, get this. Isaiah is speaking. He's writing by the power of the Holy Ghost. He's pinning this down as God's moving up on him. He's prophesying this. And as he has prophesied, here's what happens. 30 years prior to that, and I'm not to the day nor the minute, but in the ballpark, 30 years prior to this, he prophesied that Assyria was going to come and, and that northern 10 tribes was going to be taken captive. And at this very time, guess what's happened? Just like he said. Now that's not the only scripture that has come to pass. There's other things that's come to pass when he's prophesying here in chapter number 42. But look here. I'm just going to say one's enough for me. One's enough. How many times has he got to prove it? The sun came up this morning. Someone before church asked me about a nuclear war. I said, hey, it won't affect us. If it happens today, not going to affect us. We got to leave. They got to be seven years of tribulation. There's a lot of things placed, God. On the table got to happen before the nukes start flying. Now we may drop one here or there, but it won't be a worldwide Completed, completed destruction of all men and women. Too many things hasn't happened yet. New things now. The former things. We see the proof of prophecy. And I could go, I could go on and on of what Isaiah's prophesied, the woes that he's prophesied to Israel. In the first five chapters, Isaiah's laying the law down. He's like a country preacher. 
He's pouring it on him pretty good, Brother Chris. And in first five chapters, all of a sudden, Jehovah rolls the curtains of heaven back. He sees God on the throne. Next thing, oh, Isaiah's doing, say, woe is me. I put the woe on everybody else, but woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. Hey, I got problems. No one exempt from that in this building today. No. We got our problems. Brother Gordon taught us in Sunday school this morning, if we'd have been perfect, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. You can't keep the law. And by the laws, the knowledge of sin. All sin comes short of the glory of God. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Uh, listen, but little brother, or brother, and I write unto you that you sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Aren't you glad for the advocate today? The proof of prophecy. I want to concern myself briefly this morning with, and I could list a lot of new things. You'll be glad God gave me three and not four. Sometimes it's got so, I'm following advice of the old Bible teacher, Dr. Thigpen, when he said, boys, after you've preached for a long time, just get you one point. That's all you're going to need. New things. We learned in Sunday school this morning that when the time of, of, of Luke 16 is being, uh, at, uh, when, when we read Luke 16, it was not written in, in written form at that particular time as it was given out for that particular day. We have that now. We're without excuse. We're blessed. Uh, we have the full canon of Scripture. So somebody might say, I, don't, I didn't know that. The Bible said, seek him and you'll find him. Say, well, I don't want to seek him. Well, look here. I don't believe in that. How come? How, what if I never believe? What if I never heard of the book? What about the people never heard of the book? And Randall used this. The, hey, the heavens declare his glory and the firmament show his handiwork. Yeah. We're without excuse. Right. It takes someone that has bumped their head to think that poof, this just happened. Let me make it, bring it to very simplistic illustration. One day, there was a big boom and this white handkerchief just come floating down out of the sky. Jim McComas would say, Shazam! There it was. There's a seed put in the ground. Somebody made the dirt. Someone made the seed. The seed was put in the ground and a, and a bush began to grow and all of a sudden there's a cotton ball hanging out there on the side of that thing and somebody picked the cotton and somebody put it through the meal and somebody stretched it out, combed it, brought it up, hey, rolled it out, twined her together, washed her up and somebody bought that for Mike McCoy and put it in his drawer. Pat put it in the drawer. What's all that about, Brother Matt? It's a process. There was a creator God there was a process to get it in my hand. And let me tell you, my good friend, on the authority of the Word of God, there was a process that took place. And in the beginning, God. Now, I know I'm preaching to a mostly, uh, uh, to a crowd who mostly accepts that, but there might be one or two in here today that said, I don't know about all that stuff. Let me prove something to you in the Bible that is irreputable. You cannot, you, you cannot argue this fact 
This is a fact that will stand throughout the ages of time. And he already quoted the verse this morning. It is appointed unto man once to die. No doubt. Quickly, three new things this morning. First, I want us to consider a new birth. At this time, this is unheard of in the prophecy. In the prophecy of Isaiah, though he alludes to it, he speaks to the spirit. He speaks to the, to the, to the millennial reign of Christ. He speaks to the servant of Christ, Christ himself. In Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, we see all these things going to come to pass. And look, it's the new things that he's going to bring forth. He said they're just going to spring up. There's something coming that they've never considered before. They thought, as we talked about in Sunday school, they thought the, the, the more that things you possessed, the greater your standing with God. That's, that is not right. Some of, the most, some of the most spiritual people I knew had nothing. Jesus said, you must be born again. There's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Said, good master, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He said, how can I? How can I be born when I'm old? Can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that which is born of water and that which is born of the Spirit, that you've got to be born of the flesh, picture of the water there, and you've got to be born of the Spirit, and except you be born again, you cannot enter. Can't get in. They can make fun Mike Garner all they want to, say mock and fun. You're one of them born-again bunch? That's me. That's the crowd I'm in. You can go with us or not go. It's up to you. But I'm in the born-again crowd. Why would you think you needed that? Because the Holy Ghost came where I was, convinced me I was lost. I needed to be born again and showed me that. And I called upon the name of the Lord. And the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how I know I'm in the family today. You're not going to have to wait until you get the funeral home to wind up. Wonder, did he make it? Nobody goes to hell anymore at a funeral. If they haven't been born again, Gabe, and you taught it this morning, the Bible only has one of two places that dead people depart to. And it is in the presence of God or it's in the torment of hell. New birth, essential. Colossians 3.10 said it like this. Said, said, we put on the new man. I think of yours every time. He said, he said, the new man lives in me. That's what yours would say. Put on the new man. You ever put on the new man? You ever come let God kill the old man? Die out to sin, say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You don't have to note two things. You're a sinner and he's a savior. And, and, and you got to believe that. And if you do, you can be saved. Because when you get to the place of believing it and you're a sinner, then that conviction will come. The conviction will come. God can't lie. 
You ever experienced a new birth? There's a lot of people been, I was going to preach a message one time. God never has let me conclude this on the dangers of being raised in the church. Because they sit on the pew, they swing their feet, they hear me preach, they get accustomed to the shouting and the singing. Well, not much shouting anymore unless they're watching a football game. But it, it, there, there is some shouting still in the church today. And the Bible said, shout with the voice of triumph. Yeah. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout with the voice of triumph. So I don't like shouting in the, just doing what the book says. Are you with me this morning if I lost you? There's a host of people sitting in the church who've been reared up in church. Mike, never never come and confessed Christ the Savior never, never, never committed himself to Christ never said it's, it's me Lord I'm the sinner I'm lost I'm broken I'm telling you Mike McCoy on his best days a train wreck I need him Jimmy every minute of every day all the time I gotta have him I need him I need him how do you know that by the word of God that's how I know it you're here this morning. You never experienced a new birth. You need one today. So I've got plenty of time, preacher. Yeah, that's what all people think before they die. I think I've got plenty of time. I don't know that I've got tomorrow, but I know I've got now. That's why Paul said now's the accepted time. Today's the day of salvation. Are you with me? Say, well, how would you know? Look, the illustration for new births is every born-again Christian in a seat in here this morning. You're the best illustration of a new birth. Now, we may not be the best people. That's where we get crossed up and train wrecked and some of that stuff you talked about this morning from tradition of our fathers. I'm just going to tell you, this is not a license to sin salvation. But you'll never reach perfection until he comes and gets you. Like that guy told Cal Ray, Chris, said, I'm sanctified above sin. He said, really? Cal Ray said, well, I'm not. And that guy said, oh, brother, you're not. He's feeling bad about it. Said he had a brand new Cadillac out in the parking lot. My church has heard this. Said he opened the door and a woman backed up and folded that door against the front fender. He said he weren't as sanctified as he thought. <laughs> oh yeah. Hallelujah. How about we go to, go with me in your Bible just so you know I'm preaching out of the book. To Hebrews chapter number 10. I want to read you something. It is not just a new birth. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. I better get 19 to get it in context. Hebrews 10 and 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's how I get to the Father. Are you with me? By a new and living way. I'm going to time out right there. It's not only a new birth, but it's a new and living way. It's a new way. If, you're, if it's church attendance and you're still in the same old way. But in reference to this, it's talking about his flesh being the veil. And the flesh being rent, that got me in. I was sitting right there this morning as in the congregation singing. A thought came to me that when, when, the, when the veil of the temple was rent, it opened up into an empty hole. 
They was, they was going through the motions and the ark wasn't there. But when the flesh was opened, the blood came out. And you know what I had access to? The heart of God. I just never thought about that until sitting right there. The heart of God, when the, when the flesh rent, it wasn't an empty hole. Well, glory. I got into his heart or got access to it. There I am, right before God, a new and living way. You know what? We're not, what do we present our bodies? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. I appreciate the CWE workers. They do things. They're just, they're just working for the cause. And they go out and they do the work. Johnny, working for the cause, brother. Doing you pastors, preachers, singers, working for the cause. Laymen, coming, working for the cause. Sunday school teachers, working for the cause. Video tech people working for the cause. Are you working for the cause? That's what the new and living way is. It's not our way. Here's what happened. Listen, you know what the old way was? It was the dying way. It was the dying way. Something continually died. Died for the priest. Died for the people. Listen, continually, every year, every day, a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening. I'm telling you, it's die. it is the way of death. It's the way of death. Something's dying all the time in order to keep them in the very presence of God or have atonement, atonement to be made, continual death. It smelled like a barbecue in the camp of the Hebrews all the time. They had something on the barbecue in the morning and in the evening. Marcus, we would have liked it. But something's dying all the time. Not only dying, but this thing, this thing's not dying. Watch this. And the very thing that he's going to reconcile us with God concerning the Father is this is our sin issue. And you know what happened in the sin offering? And, and I think it's chapter 4 in Leviticus. When, when the sin offering was made, the priest had to make one for himself. Then if he's going to make one for the people, and this happened to both sacrifices, you know what they done? They put the fat, they kill the, they kill the sacrifice. Again, a dying, are you with me? A dying way. They killed the sacrifice. They bled him out. They took the blood. They put some on the horns of the altar. They poured the rest of it out at the foot of the altar. They just took the fat. That's the best part. I seen you eat that whole steak up there. He didn't leave a gristle on his plate. If anybody in the building should have amen, it should have been Mike Garner. And they put that on the altar and burned it up. And the rest of it, you know what they done with it? Took it outside the camp. They took it outside the camp. And people have said in the past, well, you had to take that sin sacrifice out there because it, it, it wasn't worthy to be killed inside the camp. But that's contrary, I believe. I read this yesterday and it stirred my soul. That's contrary. The camp wasn't worthy of a holy sacrifice. So the sacrifice didn't stay for the sin, didn't stay in the camp. It's carried outside the camp. Praise God. And then it's burned up 
What does that matter, preacher? You know what happened to Jesus? He didn't stay inside the city. He's taken outside the gate. Why? Because that abominable, sin-cursed, sin-filled city wasn't worthy of the Lamb of God, spotless, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, unworthy. I'm going to tell you, I wasn't worthy of that sacrifice. It's carried outside the gate and he died, but he didn't stay dead. It's a living way. He got up, Matthew. He got up. It's a new and living way. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered one time into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Lastly, this morning, so let me just give you a little inside to Sunday morning preaching. So it's a challenge. You've been somewhere 21 years. It's a challenge to stay fresh. They've heard all my stories. I hunt new stories and they're, they're, they're not good. So I'll tell the old ones because they're better. I learned that from Roger Duncan. He said, just tell the same stories, Mike. He said, if it blesses you, it'll bless them. That's what Roger told me. And we try to prepare and we get something, Bubba, but I'm trying to get something to feed Bubba this morning. I want Bubba to eat good. He can catch so many fish. I want him to keep his strength up. <laughs> and I'm sitting at the table and I read in my daily Bible reading. Here's what I read, Brother Jim. New things and it just lit my heart up. And immediately three I, some new things just come off to my mind. And, 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 and I knew a new birth. Everybody needs a new birth. You've been born again. You know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been, you're confused by it and you don't like it. Not by works, lest any man could boast. I can't do nothing to be saved or that scripture is wrong. Just believe. That's what Paul's told him. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in that contains a lot of things. Things change. You become a new creature. A lot of things happen inside belief. I'm trying to stay fresh. Trying to God give me three things. The new birth. We need that. And a new way. The scripture just... uh, Hebrews just come on my mind, a new and living way. I thought, praise God, that's where I'm at today. Why would I say that, Brother Branch? Because in Isaiah's day, this way was unheard of. It was a brand new thing. I mean, they're looking at the law. They're still killing lambs. You can't go unless you kill a lamb. You can't get right with God unless you kill a lamb. Got to kill something. It was a new way. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. It's a new and living way. I don't serve a dead God. All these other guys, the, the nation of Islam, it's right in the middle. Is Ramadan still on it? And it's still on right now. They're fasting, starving themselves for nothing. They just will eat and be fat and happy because it's not doing them a bit of good. Why, their God's still in the tomb over there. You kick that, you kick that thing over at Mecca, there'd be bones everywhere in there. Dead. Go to Jerusalem. Find the empty tomb. Say, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's the tomb, Gordon's tomb. I don't know if that's the tomb. There's a lot of evidence there. Brother Grover, amen. There's a lot of evidence there that says that's the tomb. But if it's not the tomb, wherever the tomb is, it's empty today. 
Where's he at? He's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession. But there's a new and living way, but there's, this is what God stirred my heart with. There's a new day, Gordon. There's a new day. In Revelation 21, let me get to the right verse here so I don't send you in the wrong direction. 21 and 5, Revelation 21 and 5, he said, I make all things new. I remember the first new car Patton I bought. We was happy. We was pleased as punch. And I bought a straight shift. She never driven one in her life. There was one hill in Mobile, Alabama. I took her to the hill over on the base, the Coast Guard base, took her on the hill, turned the car off, got out, said, get in the driver's seat. She said, what do I do now? I said, put her in gear and take off. She didn't die. It didn't die. We didn't have much tire left, but we took off. I said, well, maybe. Not hardly like that, but you got the right idea. Gas it and go. I've been fortunate. I've owned a few new cars after that. They say there's nothing like the new car smell. It is kind of unique. I know when we buy, people buy new homes. Uh, Dusty and Joe Beth just bought a new home. And there's something about that first new home you move into. Praise God, it's new. Things are fresh. You're figuring it out. You don't know exactly where you're going to put everything. They're still trying to figure that out. You got to put it up. Where are you going to put it? I don't know. It's different than the old house. Are you with me? Yeah. And we like new things. We like new babies. Dorothy's been to more camp meetings, revivals than any child in America, I'm telling you. Every time I look up, there's Mike and Deborah at a meeting. I was in Louisa, Kentucky. You can't get there from here, and they come walking in the door. New babies, new things, new marriages, new jobs. You're anxious, you're excited, but then at the same time, you're nervous. Am I going to succeed or fail? People like new things. They like new models. That's why they won't make the same model of car. After about three years, they're going to change that thing. Why? Because that's old now. That's old. We're looking for something new. The older I get, the more I like old things. I like the old path. I like old Christians. I like old songs. I like some old things. But the day's coming when I won't have to deal with anything old ever again. It'll all be new. He said, I make all things new. And there's another scripture in 22. Let me make sure. Revelation 22 and 5. There shall be no night there. Dusty and I talking the other afternoon, the storms are coming through. He said, isn't it amazing that it always happens in the dark? I said, most bad things do. Happen in the dark. Jimmy, I'm going to the city. You're just like me. You just send the sunshine all the time. 
turn every light in the house on. Let's have the lights on. I like the light. That's why you're so bright in here. You need your shades. What are you saying on the preacher? I'm about to finish. Brenda's coming to the piano. So I've been, I, after, after, after the fire, and, and, and I, I don't apologize for preaching this, and I've got a lot of positive things I'm about to preach about this, but I can't, I'm, I'm having to wait right now, and, and later on I'll, I'll explain why. But right now I'm not at liberty to preach some things. But I'm at liberty to preach this. After the fire, I, I had a lot of bad dreams. I couldn't, I didn't sleep much. And when I did sleep, it, it, I didn't want to be asleep because when I was asleep, when I would go to sleep, then, then I, I would think bad things. My mind wouldn't be, it was the wrong thoughts. And I tried not to have them. And, and there's medications to help you. Now look, I'm not opposed to medicine. If, if Hezekiah didn't put the lump of figs on the bowl, he dies. What is that? That's medicine. And I tried some stuff. It didn't make any difference. I still wasn't sleeping much. Still had the same crazy dreams, crazy stuff. Crazy. Not much rest. And the, and the bad dreams, Brother Gordon, have mostly gone away. I've, and, and I'm a dreamer. I mean, hey, I, my head don't hit the pillow. Something don't come in my mind. And... Uh, Brother Stephen, the other night, I mean, I've been out, I don't know what time of the day or night it was, or what time of the night it was, early or late. But all of a sudden, I was in a place, and there was a lot of people just like here today. I didn't know many of the people. I didn't know them. And usually, my dreams are very, I mean, they're pretty real, and they're very direct. I mean, I know. And when I'd see clay, I'd see clay. I mean, it's, you know. But I didn't know a lot of these people. I'm looking around. I didn't, I didn't see anybody. And all of a sudden, out of the crowd, Karen and Trent stepped out. And there he was. Just like looking at Mike Rimmer. He wasn't young. And he wasn't old. It's just Trent. And there's Karen, typical Karen, not saying a word, just smiling. And there they are. And I just start crying. And I walk up to him and I put my hands on his face. And I said, brother, where you been? And he said, I can't tell you. You can't tell me where you been. No. I can't tell you. But you're going to like it. And just like I seen him, he was gone and I woke up. Now what's that got to do with this? There's coming a day when the heartaches are gone. I'm looking through that glass darkly right now. But one of these days, he's going to clear it all up. 
Right now it's a little cloudy and I don't understand. And these people that's sick and troubled and, and having issues, but I'm just gonna tell you, God didn't save me to leave me here. He saved me to bring me to where he is. And one of these days on that bright and shiny morning, I'm gonna step into a land, hey, and everything's gonna be right. There's not gonna be no trouble. There's not gonna be no separation. There won't be no sickness. The sorrow's gone, the sadness has disappeared, and forever shall I be with my Lord. Play me something, see. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.